Hello again, and welcome to the new and improved Red Dwarf USA podcast. Woo! Oh, just no. <laughs> she wasn't saying that. Uh, yeah. USA! So, um, USA! Uh, Shucks. On the... Re- <laughs> Be prepared for the shortest Red Dwarf intro cast we've ever done. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so... So, uh, Welcome to the Red Dwarf intro cast, where we... Talk about Red Dwarf episode by episode, and sometimes because Shane is a sadistic smag, <laughs> we talk about Red Dwarf USA. And uh, longtime fans, although is there a longtime fan of this episode? And newbies alike journey together on the mining ship Red Dwarf into parallel dimensions and failed television. My name is Heath. I'm Angela. I'm a smeggity smeg that ever smegged. I'm crying into my own dinner. Uh, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Our special guest this week. Hello, guys. How you doing? I hate you, Nick. Uh, you hate me. Okay. What have yeah. I done? You volunteered to guest on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. But he, Don't abuse the. Yes, he's I, sharing I, in the pain. It's a beautiful it's sacrifice. Oh. If you're going to abuse anyone this episode, it has to be me because I've forced you through this garbage. Yeah, Sean. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sean. Shaniqua. What was Sean? I'm going to call him Shaniqua. <laughs> oh, so. Um, Ratings and quotes, and then we'll be done. Let's yeah. give the, uh, you know, usually we do the synopsis here, but let's see. Uh, Nick, do you want to reintroduce yourself to the... Uh, yeah, I'm Nick. I, uh... I, I love Red Wolf, but I hate this episode. Um, <laughs> I'm not really sure what else to say. Uh, I think last time we discussed that I play in a couple of bands, um, one of them being Rivalries, uh, which um, you can find on Facebook if anyone's interested. Uh, yeah, that's Ooh. about it, really. Cool. Well, thank you for suffering right. through this with us. Someone's got to do it. So, uh, Sean... If you want to give us the synopsis of... Actually, though, in, in, in lieu of a, of a synopsis, can you maybe tell us a little about about the history of this and, you know, why there are two versions of the pilot? And what the um, hell are uh, they? The, I know that there was, like, different levels of cooperation with Grant and, and Naylor um, in this, so... Yeah. Um, where do you want to start? <laughs> Anywhere you at want. At the beginnings. It's a very good Probably place to Probably at start. the end. Make it go quicker. Okay. Um, hey, if if beginning at the end made things go quicker, there would not be ten seasons of Red Dwarf. Well, Red Wolf did begin it at the end, so uh, I think that's void. The first episode of Red Dwarf is Later. the end. Well, fir- well, first of all, I'm going to give you guys a big shock. Okay. Uh, it was produced by Thinwood Boomer. Who? Clutching my yeah, pearls. That's not a shock because we don't know yeah. who that is. Oh, don't you? No. Nope. Oh, it was, uh, I believe he did uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Okay. Okay. I like Malcolm in the Middle. Oh. I do. It's a good show. Yes, it is. And also uh, written for the TV series Night Court and Silver Spoons. I do like Night Court. Oh. Oh, Night Court was it's good. I, have, I didn't actually watch Silver Spoons, but I, I always like that. Hear it referenced. It's probably it's probably um, also as famous as playing Adam Candle on the drama Little House on the Prairie. Oh, Oh, Little House. 
the TV show My I mother always was obsessed turn away from. With Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> My middle name, Landon. From Michael Landon. Figure it out. Yeah. Boom. My first name was from a character on Big Valley, so there you go. My mom watched a lot of TV. <laughs> My name is a variation of the Witch from Dark Shadows, so there you go. Angelique. Yeah. So this is Namecast. <laughs> okay, so you've you've told us who produced it, so please continue. Thank you. Um, basically, um, they the American wants to do a do a version of Red Dwarf. And failed and miserably. In, is indeed he failed miserably. You're right. Twice. Um, <clears throat> and as you well know, um, there's tons more pilots that. Make that make are made that make air. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yes, the most famous one com- that comes to mind is Buffy. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah. Which this, actually, which this episode actually reminds me I had a, a, a lot of. I could see that. I mean, it, it's definitely a work in progress. It's uh, well, the f- you've you guys seen the first the pilot version yeah. of Buffy? Oh yes, mm-hmm. different uh, Willow. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's awful, isn't it? It's not completely it horrible. It's that it was it was only sort of half formed. Mm. Like they had some of the things in place that, that, that were they were gonna go with mm. and that worked, but the writing wasn't quite there, the chemistry wasn't mm. quite there, it's it's like it just it, it wasn't finished. Do you know what I think they should have done? Instead of making this, this ab- abomination mm-hmm. what they should have done it I, I, I I'm not. I can't remember if it was if this is right or anything. But um, did when we had Nutty on, did they say that um, that Red Dwarf, the UK version, was shown on PBS? Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. yeah. What they should have done. A lot of BBC shows come on PBS. Yeah. They should have put it on BBC America. But I don't know how long well, BBC America has been. Yeah. yeah, this is 1992. I'm not sure BBCA really had that big of a presence. Well, um, if there was that much of demand from it, I mean, they could have had, like, one of the big networks show it or something like that. I don't know if PBS is a big, big network or anything. Well, it's it's public broadcasting, yeah. so it's like the free channel that shows educational programming that everyone is supposed to get. Um, so like Sesame Street and and your kids shows come on there and then also really boring news shows yeah. that nobody watches. No. And then things like um, Antiques Roadshow, which is you know Fun. fairly interesting. Um, BBC America BBC launched America in America ninety eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was that would be some time later. Okay. Fair enough then. They literally had only just started. I mean the BBC. I mean um, with their BBC World television station Mm. the previous year in 1991 which is now known as BBC World News I mean mean, if there was like a big demand for for Red Dwarf over in the US Mm -hmm. I just don't know why the the US folk just didn't campaign to get it on one of the big networks you could say that about any show that's taken from here and redone over there though and they never do. They always want to do their own versions because they think they can do it better. The only and, and always well, seem like to I fail said, miserably. There's only not two. always. Not always. There is at least Sa- Sanford and Son. Never seen uh, it. Three's Company. 
The Office. The Office there's is only three. probably the uh, only I, one that I, I think seen... can stand up. No, no, there's three. Um, being Human. Ugh. Um, I like it. Um, I can't the stand Office. the American version. I like some of the actors, but I don't think that the, I think the pacing and the the feel is yeah. off. Um, I like um, obviously The Office and Shameless on Showtime. Oh, I think I Shameless that. is really really good. The American oh. bit, mind you, that, that their version is quite star-studded. They've got Emmy Rossum, they've got William H Macy, they've got Joan Cusack. But it's really good. So it has lots of stars and Joan Cusack. So. <laughs> the biggest failure in my... No, I, li- I like her. I like her. <laughs> the biggest failure um, in my eyes, and sorry, Natty, for saying this, but was the American version of Life on Mars. I couldn't stand that show. That wasn't too bad. Mm. I mean, the ending is awful, but the actual, as a series, it wasn't terrible. Shane, you haven't seen the American version of Skins, have you? Oh, that uh, is bad. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And but I'm the... dreading. Oh, and in between us, that's terrible as well. Yeah. I mean, the trick is though. I think that these things works when they they take a concept, but then properly reinterpret yeah. it. And which you know, like the first season of The Office here was a little shaky to me because they kept taking those lines that were clearly Ricky Gervais lines and having Michael Scott, uh, Steve Carell, say them. And and it would be like, you're watching one show and then all of a sudden they drop in a line from a British show. And it's like the the humor didn't match. But when they started making more subplots with the different characters and building up sort of the ensemble quality of it and finding different types of humor that worked more for their actors. And actually had Steve Carell be a character unto himself rather than a Ricky Gervais impression. Yeah. I always loved... And then Sanford and Son is awesome. I always loved the um, the interactions that um, Steve Carell and Ricky Gervais had on like, on, like, say, award shows and stuff. Oh yeah, that was always good. Like the Golden Gloves and the Emmys. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, this is a case where I don't think they were reinterpreting. I think they were just trying to remake for some odd reason when there wasn't enough interpreting yeah. to do. <laughs> yeah, so, alterating and... <laughs> I have been no, trying to talk for like five Go ahead, minutes. go ahead. You go, girlfriend. Thank you, thank you. I love you guys, but man, getting a word in. Well, I'm Holly, obviously. No, wait, Shane is Holly. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and another thing about that. No, okay, I will come into the other room and hit you. I will turn it, random it, violent it, female cat on you. More on that later. Go ahead, love. Okay, but I want to start with just talking about some of the things that worked. Because okay. I think mm, there are sure. some things, and this not a lot. But there are some things that really worked. I thought that Holly worked when she wasn't doing lines taken straight from the British Holly. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that actress. And I think the sort of style of humor they were going for was actually working. And once Lister sort of lost his big heroic voice for no reason, 
I thought he actually started working. So, yeah, I think when the American pilot was trying to do something on its own and not just trying to rehash whatever was happening in the British show, I think it was kind of working. Except for female cat, obviously. at least had the... It had the potential to work, yeah. I guess. But yeah. so, yeah, the actress—we may have mentioned this before—the actress that plays um, Holly uh, is is fairly well known here in the states for her role on Frasier. Mm-hmm. She played Daphne, uh, his dad's nurse. She's Which is in um, after this. Yeah, she's in. Um, yes. What's that? What's that program with Betty White in it at the minute? Off the rockers. Hot, hot, hot in Cleveland. Uh, hot in Cleveland. Yeah, she's in that as well. I've, I've got to say, for a 50-something-year-old, she is smoking hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. I totally would. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. But, yeah, when they tried to so, do a one-to-one correlation yeah. from British to American, then it didn't work. But some of the I, things I, that they tried otherwise, I thought worked. I think the other thing that didn't work was the fact that they, they they had somehow tried to amalgamate like three different episodes into one for the pilot. Yeah. 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 And a lot of it didn't make sense, especially to us British guys. Us British guys, obviously we'd watched it all. And we've seen this pilot and they're starting off with the explosion, but then mm. you see Crichton's on, on, on the ship and like, why? He, he, we don't find him for another season yet what's going on it seems really weird how they kind of introduced Crichton before even Lister and Rimmer as well in the episode it seems really out of place that he sort of he comes in before any of the other main characters do I guess though they were they were trying to make him that sort of link for fans between the shows especially about you know having Robert Llewellyn and apparently paying him tons of money from what I've heard (laughs) in his pilot Mm. um then uh, maybe they were planning on playing him up a bit, and frankly, he was the funniest thing in. Yeah. this. I mean, he he are he, he had his character down, yeah. of course, and knew yeah. I think a bit more the timing Indeed. of the sort of humor they were Indeed. going for. It, it was actually a big decision for him to sign because it meant signing a five or six year contract. Yeah. He yeah. stalled a producer by asking specific clauses, such as the same makeup artist from the British show. Wow. You've, you, you know, and the coach, he, uh, Andrew Pernell, his name, she agreed to come along. Mm-hmm. But he worked for such a long time that he, sh- with, until one night he was lying awake in bed worrying about it, and his other half, Judy Pascoe, turned him to told him to sign the Smag. contract so she can get some sleep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How supportive. Yeah. So okay, yeah. well let's let's stop nitpicking and see if we can just get through this thing. First off, the opening theme oh. was awful. awful. Synthesizers Why? make it the best thing ever because it's spacey. Nothing demonstrates space more than an eighty synthesizer. Of course right. it doesn't. I mean, have you seen any of the eighties sci-fi movies? They're awesome because of the synthesizers. Um, the opening credits, it seemed like they were splicing together random bits from mm. from British episodes, um, mm. jumping over the bazookoids. Yep. Mm. Using the model Popped work. Out at me. 
I, ca- I kind of understand that. I kind of get that they're going, this is what this show could become if you give it a chance. Yeah. And they can't yeah. use clips from all the way through one episode because otherwise you'd just be watching that one episode in the first 30 seconds. Mm. So I kind of get why they've taken clips and sort of spliced them in. It just looks a bit odd, especially if you know the UK show as most people do. Mm. Or everyone that's watching this obviously does. You're seeing UK actors in a completely yeah. out of context and setting. Mm. Yeah. But But remember... This is an American show mm-hmm. at a time before the internet. Mm-hmm. So this is during a time when unless people happen to be watching PBS during a time the show was on, which was not mm-hmm. often, then like the international media was not as accessible to everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you had to search mm-hmm. for things like Doctor Who mm-hmm. and Red Dwarf if you were in America and you had to know about it from other sources. Yeah. I remember I used to um, study the T V guy just to look through, see if there's anything that was on. I know. I know. Uh, speaking of weird uh in American interpretations, um when I'm gonna have to try not to call her dad. <laughs> when Holly was talking about uh, zero gravity football mm-hmm. I think it showed what looked to be an American yes, football it did. field. It was only mm. only on there for a second. So have they invented a new sport of zero G American <laughs> football? I, that would make no. sense, wouldn't it? <laughs> I quite liked those those shots of like Me too. when they're doing like oh we've got the football stadium in a shopping mall and mm. uh, whatever else because it actually makes it feel like the ship is really the size of a city, which you never really got in the early years of Red Dwarf because you get like a couple of corridors and a couple That's of true. rooms. No, I'm sorry. I always, yeah. I always, you could always tell how big Red Dwarf is just from the credits. Oh yeah, yeah. from the opening the... credits, of course. Yeah, but but... <laughs> on on the ship, all you ever see is yeah. three or four rooms, and the fact they've they've taken it upon themselves to say, well, look, we've got all this other stuff <laughs> that, uh, admittedly, no, you're never going to see. But had, I sort of wish they had thrown in like a throwaway line of, oh, you could play zero G football. That place, that place is broken down and. <laughs> No one goes in there, and it's used for storage. <laughs> like, you know, it's playing up, this is a really cool place at the beginning, and mm-hmm. all of the cool places are just crappy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one big difference, and I can't... Do our American. The laugh track, <gasps> the laugh track on mm. this show <coughs> is awful. Mm. Were they using canned laughter it, as, as opposed to an audience? I'm I think they must have been. I, th- I believe so. It was. Don't quote me on that, but I believe so. Because they were laughing at things that weren't funny. It, it's the like the full. They, they were doing sort of the friends thing, or even the full house thing. Like every yeah. single line that anyone ever says, even if it's just "Oh, hi, excuse me." Hi. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's yeah. like the writers are like, you know, I'm not sure that people are going to know that there's a joke here. Let's <laughs> it with 30 yeah. seconds of uproarious laughter and clapping. And clapping, yeah. The, the yeah. clapping that uh, made no sense. <laughs> well, the wedding <laughs> records how reading... <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Robert <laughs> the wedding records at the script readings um, the, the, for the frighteningly forced laughter from all the executives... Oh, 
just to demonstrate how bad this episode is, at random points throughout the show, I'm going to clap and laugh at a random <laughs> point. <laughs> I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Yeah. It is so this is okay. I'm trying. I am trying my best to find the quote, and I know I've got it here somewhere. The quote you're looking for is, "I'm sorry, it will never happen again. Please forgive me." <laughs> and honestly, we had to look back and try to remember: was is there laughter during Red Dwarf? Because for one thing, we've gotten used to it, and it's you know muted. It's, it's working. Yeah, it's well, it's it's live it audience is. laughter, isn't it? So it's yeah, all in the right place, and it's in the background, so you don't notice it. Responding or yeah, yeah, they're responding organically to humor in the same way that the the viewers mm. at home. Yeah, and this it's like studio dictated. This is funny. You better laugh. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. This is this is a quote. I've just found it. This is a quote from Craig Bianco. Oh, I think I've got Bianco. this quote. Oh yeah, go on. Uh, from the Kevin Pollock Check Show. I've I've got the yeah, same yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're going to say. Go on. Well, I quote, don't. <laughs> oh, quote, oh, Red Wolf, that was a disaster. Just horrible, horrible. And horrible Americanization of a truly British show. America <laughs> brought it over here and boy did America Smack. on it. It was just <laughs> unfunny. Casting me was a huge mistake, by the way. When you hear a lot of actors say, it should have been a John Belushi type guy, then America went, well, we'll do it like a hand Soto thing. Ah. I was like, well, I want to pay rent, so great. But instantly it's not funny, because it should, should have been the opposite of what, what we, you've seen in Star Wars. I'm a big Red Wolf fan, and Red Wolf fans hate the Americanized version with good reason. It's just terrible. Yeah. yeah. And that's what one of the stars says about this. Yeah, and I will... He of wasn't hard. Was after the fact, but he, he, I don't, he wasn't right for the part. Mm. It's absolutely true. Mm. He wasn't the biggest problem with it, though, to me. I think he worked better um, than, like, Rimmer and the cat did. Oh. Rimmer was Rimmer's, awful. Yeah. Rimmer was so boring. There's no characterization, is there, uh, in that Rimmer? It's just a no, guy delivering no. lines. It's He's really lines. horrible though, to watch. Though they, they said that, I, I read somewhere that they, maybe in the Facebook comments, that they wanted to get Chris Berry over... So I wonder if they just kept thinking they were going to get Chris Berry, and they never did, and they're like, "Oh crap, we need to get some anyone." Well, that was that was the <laughs> second time around they were going to yeah, try and get Chris. One. That was second way round. Yeah, but he was actually advised against doing it uh, by his agent. Good call. Good call. Um, plus, if they would have had Robert Llewellyn and Chris Berry, then it would have just mm. highlighted the question of why are you remaking? Yeah, this? yeah, definitely. Um, but, so let's see. Holly talks to the audience for a bit, and then random hologram guy starts talking to the camera. Yeah, for no reason. What, that was a little so, awkward. What I, I need to say this before I forget. Uh, what sure. I like about this is, um, this is played by Craig, and Rimmer is played by a person named Chris. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, exactly the same thing as the UK version. Yeah. Uh, Except suck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And boy, did Robert Llewellyn have problems remembering their names. His <laughs> <laughs> yeah. brain didn't want to compute the fact that you've got the ac- their character being played by the, sa- the actors with the same name. Flop names, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his brain couldn't compute. 
So he's constantly calling them the wrong name. Nice. Ah, uh, speaking of Crichton, mm-hmm. he he wanders in with his spare head, mm-hmm. and they start recycling gags from the British mm-hmm. show a lot. A lot. Um, the jerky middle name bit. Mm-hmm. Cashing um, that check, man. Cashing that check. <laughs> I I wonder though if that if those the recycled lines from the British show are Rob and Doug's doing, because they in the documentary Rob uh, um, talks not Rob sorry Doug talks about how they had a team of writers all coming up with different one-liners. So I'm wondering whether mm-hmm. the recycled stuff is them trying to inject a bit of what Red Wolf originally was back into the show. Mm. Mm. Maybe. Because Maybe. apparently there's about 14 people working on it, as sitcoms in America tend to do. It's yeah. much more of a team thing than it is a one-person thing. And yeah. apparently people from Cheers and The Simpsons were on the writing table. Oh. Wait a minute. But... People from The Simpsons. Yeah. People who would go on to make Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. I don't know. The, I don't know the details of names. Okay, we need to figure that we out do. because Futurama. Futurama is, is, I think, clearly influenced by Red yeah. Dwarf. Um, but in fact, uh, this our new Lister here. Mm-hmm. Um, is a lot more like Fry yeah. than he is Lister. Mm. Um, he's not sort of the slackerly insubordinate that Lister was. He's very, you know, sort of straight-laced. Um, he, he has some humor to him, and Kachansky kindly tells us that um, he's uh, not motivated yeah. and lays about a lot and lazy, because we sure don't get that from the character. Yeah. But she explains what we're supposed to think of him, so that was nice. Well, well no, you know, um, with writing, what, then you need to to tell people exactly what they need to think. <laughs> Never show them. Yeah, there's no subtle character stupid. development, is there? It's all <laughs> just in your face. <laughs> one, one note on Christ, uh, Christine Kachansky here. They actually changed her. They actually changed the spelling of her name. In the American version, sorry, in the in the American version, her name is spelt Christine with a C. In the English version, is um, spelt Christine with a K. Oh, racist bastards! Interesting. <laughs> well, that's why the, that's why this failed. Yeah, yeah. clearly. <laughs> they were just showed the name with a proper K. Um, well, considering I teach a class. Not- where I have three Caitlins, all of them spelled differently. <laughs> well, don't worry, don't worry. My, my English teacher is always spelling my name wrong, so. How do you misspell Shane? S-H-Y-N-E. Weird. Yeah. Oh, well, now come to think of it, yeah, I do see, yeah, uh, you don't see that spelling much here. Mm-hmm. So here it's it's typically A-N-E. Yeah. And now she's the um, head of the local school. I'm saying nothing. I'm just leaving it out there. <laughs> so, my note here is uh, Robert Llewellyn sure is trying. Yeah. And I hate this candle after three exclamation points. Oh, sad. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. And now right. I can just picture the executives just being forced to laugh. Okay, guys, laugh yeah. here. So then, Frankenstein, although not the cute little black kitty from the first iteration. But 
But he or she, whichever they chose, was uh, kneading Lister's chest. It was really cute. It was. Making biscuits. But yeah, I actually don't mind them finding Crichton two years early because, of course, when they started the British Red Dwarf, then they didn't even know about Crichton. Like, he was a later development. So introducing him early, I didn't mind that particularly. Like, why wait two years for no reason to introduce a character just to hold to the original so much that you can't introduce anything new. But it wouldn't have even taken two years, because Robert says that if if they'd done a series, it would have been something like 32 episodes anyway, which is Mm -hmm. the entire length of series one to five in, like, normal terms. Mm -hmm. So it would have only been, like, they could have just waited six weeks to reintroduce Crichton if they'd wanted to. But I agree, it does make sense to introduce him right from the beginning. I think they knew they needed yeah. <laughs> And like, for instance, there's an anime I watch that's really cool called Cowboy Bebop um, mm-hmm. that I keep forgetting that like there's a cast of four or five and it takes nine out of the 26 episodes to actually get the full cast on there. Like, just all throughout the beginning, we have like only half the cast and I'm during a rewatch, I'm always impatient for them to bring on the other members. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Mm. Um, let's see. So, uh, the plot moves forward, much as it did with the original. Um, I did like... Oh yeah, there was a funny line in there when the captain confronts him about Frankenstein. Uh, <laughs> Just his his sort of deadpan delivery with the kind of circumstantial, <laughs> don't you think? Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> but it worked. Uh, Crichton blows up, which was a little weird. Um, the music is again awful. The the captain yelling, <sighs> "Where's the damn cat?" was kind of funny. Hmm. Yeah, I, li- I liked the captain fairly well. It seemed to work. Yeah. Um. For, you know, the, the so, Moving forward, they come back. Holly wakes up Lister. Everybody's dead. And here I'm going to make a very controversial statement. Okay. Um, here I think that Lister handles the death of everybody on the Red Dwarf with a little bit more pathos and a bit more of a believable reaction than, um, than really? on the original. Uh, I don't think it was a particularly funny scene. I don't think it had to be. Uh, but um, it, for a couple of scenes there, I felt like, okay, this isn't the right Lister. They didn't get the character right, but maybe it could work. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, he actually seemed to be despairing a bit. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, he was... More despair than was... Lister shows in the... In the first episode in the in the the, yeah in the real show yeah because that is just a gag isn't it he's not upset at all until he finds out that chris is dead and that's who he really cares about right Uh, i'll stand by what i said reactions to uh his line of 
well, we we could, you know, just sit here and uh, die. <laughs> I, I laughed out loud at that. <laughs> and here, once they do that, the sort of post three million years loopiness, mm-hmm. in which they do confirm that there is something wrong with Holly, mm-hmm. where um, in the British show they mentioned it, and then it didn't come up again for another couple seasons until they needed a one-off gag. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really liked uh, this actress's Holly. Mm. She's um, the, the, you're going to laugh. Just under three million years. Yeah, she, her delivery, I think, is it's very cool. She's funny. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a nervous, over-the-top um, acting, isn't it, for, like, for that character? Now it's... Yeah. Now it's like she's sort of got to break the news to Lister that he's on his own way, way off into the future. She sort of doesn't really quite know how to break that to him. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Robert the Weathen admits in his um, autobiography that, well, I won't say it was much of a crush when they um, first met at the read-through. He was quite startled that someone as attractive as Jane Deeve did want to come over and talk to him. Aww. Then she in- then she introduced herself. Yeah. Oh, oh, he didn't know that she was. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Ah. I got gotcha. you. I wasn't quite tracking that. Um, let's see. So, a different line there, and this popped up in the Facebook comments, but we can go ahead and address it. Uh, different reactions to his baseball card line. I, I thought it worked fairly well. Uh, I, st- I stand by what I said, that it is... Uh, it's The original line is more subtle, and this line is very materialistic, which Lister, as a character, definitely isn't. He cares nothing yes, he for is. possessions at all. And yeah. it's a very... Uh, yeah, materialistic, almost capitalist reaction, um, which just completely but changes the character of Lister. Fit the audience better, huh? And okay, I'm sorry, but I think I mean Lister doesn't want a lot of things. Like he doesn't want like rich things and stuff. But I would think that he would sell his baseball cards and then buy lots of Vindaloo. <laughs> like, he's not materialistic capitalist, but he's like a sensory kind of guy, so he would buy the things that he likes, you know? Yeah, possibly. He's, he's very visible. Yes. Visible. The fact that I, I think may, he may, like, collect baseball cards or, like, zero-G football cards, for example, but I don't think hmm. he'd be worried about the the value of them he would keep them as like uh for sentimental reasons but he could sell them to buy his yeah. fiji farm well not anymore he couldn't <laughs> <laughs> who's he gonna no, sell them to it was a one-off line i thought though it worked as one it references baseball which is a fair i think that I guess, that's the only reason line. that it's there is to americanize that line and it, it would have made more sense for Lister had it been, like, zero-G football cards. That I might have found slightly more acceptable, mm. but... Maybe, yeah. But, yeah, anyway, I, I thought it worked fairly well, but that's... Oh, uh, they, they decide, rather than have the 
seasons-long mystery of how holograms work, mm-hmm. they go ahead and introduce light yep. beams. And not call them light beams. And not call them light beams, no. And then have it to where he, uh, Rimmer is the only surviving holographic personality left. Yeah, I think they're kind of leaving themselves open, so if they want to bring back more people later on, they've they've not restricted themselves to the fact the ship can only have one hologram. It's just that they've only got one working hollow disc. Which might have worked. Mm. Possibly. I think they're just keeping their options open, aren't they, really? Yeah. Until, like, if the show got picked up. Yeah. Now, here they say that this Red Dwarf had a crew of 5,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number in, in the British show changed around. Uh, yeah, it certainly did. Like, what What was the crew complement? It was 167 in the first episode. Uh, 169. So, 169, so 169 in the, in the very first episode. And then it went up to... 1,169. Thank you. In Justice. Okay. Mm. Right, but I think it's I think it's I something like five thousand in the books. Anyway, the books are far more realistic mm. about the number of people that are on the ship. So, mm. all right, uh, let's and see. Moving Rimmer forward, is boring. They, re- they recycle the <laughs> yes, Rimmer is so. Boring. They recycle the Awuga joke, which didn't work. Uh, mm. They recycle the Crichton's multiple heads. Um, and then they go to the cargo hold, which, okay, it was obviously like a set piece, but it, it I think, looked a little better than the empty box room of the original Red Dwarf. <laughs> Certainly showed the scope of it. Mm. And then the weird well, the, Photoshop the... um, or flash animation uh, explanation of the cat race. <laughs> yeah. You know, here's a thought, though. I was about to say they had to have somewhere to keep all the irradiated hats, <laughs> but given that this is an American ship mm-hmm. now, it's probably like hot dogs, <laughs> in which case they didn't even have to store them. They just leave them lying no, around. No, no, it's, it's irradiated spam now. <laughs> irradiated spam. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna have some spam vendaloo. Spam, 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 baked beans and spam without the baked beans. Um, yeah. <laughs> One one um, one note about Rimmer's light bee. Yeah. I'm going back to our interview here with uh, Rob Granted and Doug Naylor. But in the pilot script, when Lister picks up Rimmer's light bee and throws it in the air, light bee is described in the script as a gizmo. And that is when Shields started to run down their spines, and they both thought, "This is no- this has no chance." <laughs> <laughs> the gizmo. <laughs> oh. Now, if if it had been a mogwai and they mm. threw that, that would be awesome. pretty awesome. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Then they go to the cargo hold. They explain. Yeah, they the the cute little cat cartoon that was. Oh, great. and notice that they cut any religion out of the explanation. Mm. No, they didn't. Well, I mean, they said they formed a society based on the stuff they mm. found, but they showed them, like, worshipping a coffee yep, maker. Yep, but not Lister. 
Not yet. It still could have come out. It may have, but they established it pretty explicitly in the first episode of Red Dwarf. That he was the cat god, and that they had formed a religion around the Fiji thing. And Yeah, in this it says they just had a civil war and killed each other. They didn't go off in search yeah. of Fiji or anything. Mm. But then we don't know what that war was about. Mm. That could have been about what kind of the hats were. Mm. That could have come up later on. Yeah. I think the door was open, but yeah, they did at least down yeah. there. You're right. Uh, let's see. Then Rimmer is boring again. And finally, we meet Hinton Hint Battle Pit! <laughs> awesome. I love Hinton Battle. He is great, isn't he? And he, I mean, he worked, I yeah. think. Uh, it wasn't, you know. It could have done with a lot more of him, though, actually, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because he, he didn't get introduced till what? Yeah. 18 or 90 yeah, minutes into the 25 right, minute episode? Right, towards <laughs> the end. right at the end. Then that's the same with Danny. Same in, thing with, yeah. in the end. He comes in right towards the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why we had no idea what to make of Cat there mm. a million years ago. You, you could <laughs> make head or tails of Cat for the first sort of six or seven yeah, episodes. Tales of Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What were you saying? <laughs> Nick? Huh? Oh, I what, said you couldn't make head or tails of cat for the first six or seven episodes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, let's see. Um, Alright, we meet cat. I think they overdo the perfume bit a little bit. Mm. Yeah, whatever. Um, then they get to the bridge. Uh, and here, again, I think Lister's anger and sort of, you know, frustration about what are we supposed mm. to do. Um, I think it works, and then Rimmer starts talking, and I had a small nap. Yes. Um, and then suddenly there's a time portal. And... Uh, and just how weird yeah. was it to see uh, Rimmer as this short guy, too? I've got a note on that. It, it doesn't really work, does it? Yeah, it's a full head shorter. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it may, it may with... like, if he'd played the character up to be a bit of, like, a Napoleon yeah. sort of, that could have worked, but yeah. there's none of that I... at all, so it it just falls flat on its face. Um, yeah. Because you haven't, you haven't got that natural authority sort of figure where he's kind of towering over Lister, he's kind of looking up to him, um, mm-hmm. which just, yeah, doesn't work at all. But yeah, if... If if they would have played it differently, yeah, that that it actually could have worked. They could have worked in the Napoleon yeah. complex thing really well. But I think he was trying to be too hmm. much British Rimmer. And he was not, trying to be Weasley, know, wasn't he? And just being different. rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a hard act to follow. Chris Berry is definitely a hard act hmm. to follow. So he should have True. done something different. And even if it didn't quite work, it would have at least been something. Mm. Even if they would have, you know, done sort of a more angry American authoritarian yeah. than the the overly precise uh, sort of anal retentive Rimmer. I mean, something. Yeah, find a different way to do it. But yeah, something. I don't know. Because you know, Sheldon Cooper is not uh, going to anyway, come around time. for another several <laughs> years. Now, now that's true. If they remade it today, Jim Parsons as Rimmer, yeah. I think could possibly work. <laughs> 
Um, Time Portal pops up, Lister is suddenly dressed as Lister mm-hmm. uh, in in the future. Uh, Katenshki is going to be back. And then uh, Lister starts quoting episode names, which <laughs> <laughs> I thought was funny. That was cute. We could just find a time portal or a white hole or a backwards. Oh, finally, one funny gag. Uh, getting the engines running. Yeah. That that I what, think. Works. What I don't understand with that gag is though. Holly says that they've been accelerating away from Earth for three million years. So why is yeah. he then having to start the engines up? Well, maybe she's just turned around and had to stop the engines, and and that's what <laughs> has been accounted for. But what whatever the reason, I, I liked the gag when he dramatically hits the button and the radio yeah. comes on. <laughs> that was. And, and then his chair goes up and down, and then finally, when he just puts his elbow on it, it starts up. Mm. That worked. Yeah. And they end with Holly's diary and some footage from a better yeah. yeah, indeed. Um, several notes. Um, did, did anybody like upset? I'm upset right now. We're still doing this. To be no, I said uh, the set. Not oh, the set. set. <laughs> the, the, yeah. Well, it was almost identical, wasn't it, to, yeah. to series three, yeah. four. Mm. Oh, one gag that I liked Sorry. was the um, invisibility cloaking device. Oh, what, on what, his bed? Lister's bunk. Mm. I liked that. That's clever. Mm. Now, Robert Llewellyn was pleased to find, well, pleased and a bit shocked that the detail of the set was almost, was as good as the British version. Mm. No, it wasn't. And, well, I think uh, the filming wasn't quite as good, but the... No, no, never, no the definitely set. not. Yeah. yeah, you'd the think they'd almost itself. lifted that bunk room out of Shepparton and taken yeah. it over to California. Yeah. Or LA, yeah. wherever it was. Apparently they were using some, the same um, the same set um, drawings. Cool. And then also it's, it's craft services as well. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the fact you've got so many craft services. Yep, American every time TV he, shows I, will provide the food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every time he, every, every time he went over there, he got something, and it measure could be be replaced by something else. Yeah. Well, you know, we over here don't tend to starve or <laughs> explode our actors or set them on fire <laughs> quite as much. Um, and which, which I, I guess, I guess, is a plus. And also the fact that it was actually shown outside to his own car parking space. Oh, and you know, getting forty thousand dollars for doing one pilot. And when he, and when he mentioned the fact that he, d- he doesn't even have a car, his response, <laughs> the uh, the guy who showed in the car parking space was like something, I don't care. This is your parking space. You park here. If anybody park out, else parks here, you tell me. I'll kick their butt. And if you park anywhere else, I'll kick your butt. <laughs> he could have played Rimmer. Guys should have played Rimmer. <laughs> right? <laughs> Rimmer, played by car park guy. <laughs> or, you know, parking lot guy. Yeah, here, here they're parking lots. Hmm. Um... Okay, let's see. Uh, yeah, and then we, after this, we watched the sort of take two 
where they try yet again to make this work, uh, perhaps even more embarrassingly. Okay. This time, Grant and, uh, uh, Rob Grant and Doug Naylor were in charge of this time round. Really? Really? Mm. Because Kat, I really like the cat. Um, I really like Terry Farrell as the cat. I like that it's a completely different character. And I, I think it worked. I liked the... <laughs> I like the concept. I think they were so over the top with it. Well, they only had ten minutes. They had to introduce the concept of the cat in two short segments. So but it's in... not like it's a new concept. It is the over-sexualized, over-violent female that is sexually intimidating to the main character, but they are eventually going to get together. I mean, that's been shown in sci-fi over and over and over and over. It was it was trite. Mm. And a bit sexist. <laughs> but then if that's what and American if that's what American thing, audiences buy into though, then they might have been right to do it. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, well let's And okay. seriously, the whole nine so lives that... thing. I'm sorry. We have to address this. Yeah, that was that was a <laughs> Maybe... cheap shot, I think. Maybe she was going to regenerate into a different actress every time. Oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> a cat doctor. Yeah. So this was like more of a pit yeah. video yeah. Mm-hmm. where they splice some of the first um, USA yeah. pilot, some British, and filmed a couple of new scenes, none of them involving Robert Llewellyn. Mm. It, it... Changed the character of Cat, recast <laughs> Rimmer, which... Okay, recasting Rimmer, good, mm. but I didn't see that this guy... I've got a note that he sounds like a uh, talky toaster in White Hole. Hmm. The way he's sort of, the intonation of everything he says, it kind of goes up really high pitched. It, it was, uh, yeah. yeah. If you listen back to how David Ross does uh, talky in White Hole, um, you'd see what I mean. But yeah, and, and reshooting exact scenes from like mm-hmm. marooned it just didn't work like i could tell that um rob grant and doug naylor were obviously trying to make it like the old show but as mm-hmm. i've been saying that makes it even worse it needs to be a new thing so it's like they took this and knew that they needed to make changes but didn't make mm-hmm. the correct changes well, the problem with that, though, is they had no money and no time. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I could see that. But they... Like, you know, replacing Cat. Cat was not the problem. Um, and there there were some other things that they tried mm. to replace. Well, in, in, to be fair with the Cat thing. Okay, they, were, they wanted something mm. different. Granted, the show is a bit male-heavy. Yeah. Um, they, they wanted more of a female presence. I get that. Maybe they were trying to attract a male audience by have, having a you know hot chick in a skin-tight suit that is always talking about sex yeah. and violence. Maybe a little shallow, but okay, sure. But like when her lines were, I don't need anyone because I fight a lot and have sex with eight or nine people a night, then come on! No! And just to point out... You talk, talk about lack of certainty. <laughs> Just to point out, cats have barbed penises. Thanks that cannot be fun for her. Maybe not the evolved cats. Maybe not. Maybe they've evolved past that. <laughs> um, 
And she's been alone but, since she's four. How does she even know she likes sex? Well, you can say the same about well, the cat, about Danny's cat. He doesn't know. <laughs> he's, he's, I think maybe, it's been confirmed maybe, at some point that he's still in the Sorry to interrupt, but I've actually got a quote here regarding the female cat. Mm-hmm. Lay it on us. Uh, uh, basically, from the same interview that Rob Grant and Doug Naylor did, um, NBC really wanted a female cat and really wanted to recast Rimmer. We didn't want a female cat. We could. We felt we couldn't just change Danny's part and give it to a woman. It wouldn't be the same. Why not? I'm not sure there would be any comedy here going, Hey, aren't I fabulous looking? Because she is. Yeah, they could make her kind of a diva. They could have had a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then, though, with a female cat, that would have been a bitch, so... Mm. See? Because see? Mm. female dog. I don't know. They just made her too sexually Nothing? mature. Funny, like, with Cat, he likes sex, but he doesn't really know what it is. Mm. And he's... You know, he treats it like a child would. Like a 12-year-old would. Mm. Whereas with her... She is obviously very sexually experienced. Mm. Yeah, so, again, though, they've got to get that, that characteristic <laughs> across in, like, two minutes. So they're being very well, blatant about it. Why do they need that it. characteristic? Why is it that if you have a female character who, you, I guess, you want to make into a strong, independent woman, see... She, <laughs> she suddenly likes sex and doesn't like commitment... And, but uh, that, is, that is the cat. That is well, especially in series one and two. That was exactly what the cat was like in in more scenes than no, not. No, it wasn't. He was vain. He didn't like violence, and he was not confrontational. He just, you know, didn't care about anyone. No, I mean, I mean that that characteristic specifically. I mean, I know there are others. But that was a big. That was a big part of yeah. the cat's character. But but again, I say he treated the sex very immaturely. She does quite the opposite. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, her character reminded me a bit of. Um, of course, this wouldn't come for some years later. But the the series Lex, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the character of Zev, who is a uh, part. Lizard person, part love slave, except her love slave programming didn't take, and she was like, yeah, this sort of violent warrior, sexy uh, woman, sex puppet yeah. thing going on, and yeah, it, it's of course it, it, that's again, it, it's a it's a sci-fi trope, and it they I can get trying to make that change. Um, I just I think that it doesn't work, and her lines were so. <laughs> just talking about how how violent she is and how much she likes sex, it just seemed like such a, a shallow take on that concept as opposed to how Cat ended up developing. Yeah, but I don't know. Plus, it ends up being that why do we need Christine Kachansky anymore? Well, like we've got Cat now, and they were obviously playing up the sexual chemistry between her and Lister. 
because he was like, don't you think you're ever going to want to settle down? And then she, like, looks him up and down from head to toe. It's like, maybe, someday. (laughs) (sighs) But anyway, and then um, her symbiote detaches and she gets a new body. (laughs) Oh, wait, wait. Oh, what would have happened to DS9 if Red Wolf USA had kicked off with her as the And I like the actress. I I really do. But the character was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. Yeah, They they redo the scene from Marooned, which, okay, it was one of my favorite Mm. scenes, or one of my favorite episodes, but the chemistry between those two, it wasn't quite working. Again, I thought the Lister guy was okay. The Rimmer guy, boring. Uh, Different Rimmer, still boring. They've apparently decided Lister is from Detroit. They mentioned yeah. Detroit twice. <laughs> well, maybe that's where Craig Burko's from. Maybe. Because Craig Charles is from, uh, whatchamacallit, Liverpool, and that's where Lister's from in Red Wolf. So. Okay. Hmm. Though. Uh, well, let's see. Nope, he was born in Rybrook, New York. Oh, okay. Ah. I'll take it all back then. <laughs> yeah. Good theory, though. I mean, I can see though. Detroit is sort of you know it's rough and your, tumble, your steel yeah. town. It's it's your working class. It's sort of that hard scrabble working man type place. So well, do you think streets. they're trying to play on some sort of stereotype? I think so. Just making him from yeah, it's just sort of a, a clearly blue yeah. color yeah. background. Makes sense. Um, so it works from that point. Although making him from Detroit and giving um, Rimmer a car fetish. Oh, yeah. That's kind of weird. Interesting. Because, you know, Detroit is where they make cars. Or, you know, used to. Now that's... Uh, oh, Detroit. true. Yes. And Korea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I think we're about to... Oh, yeah, one note I have here. I, I forget. I think I've asked before. Mm-hmm. Uh, has Do y'all ever get Chuck over there, the show Chuck? Uh, it has been on. I've never seen it. Okay. It's a good show. Uh, Craig Bierko's performance reminds me a little bit... Or, or I should say Zachary Levy's performance as Chuck mm-hmm. reminds me a little bit of what Craig does here. The sort of your earnest good guy in a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Here. Very different than the original Lister, but there you go. Um, At least we dropped the synth music. Well, um, uh, with yeah, they didn't have any original music. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then they show us some clips from British Red Dwarf. Because <laughs> why not? Hey, remember that episode, Camille? Yeah. Here you go. That was cool. <laughs> we might remake that. Uh, before we move on um, after this CBS expressed an interest of course they did and they wanted they wanted uh, six American episodes wow Um, they weren't going to make it three million years in the future they were going to make it a couple of hundred years into the future so people weren't worried so Earth would still be here (laughs) and they were going to have contact with Earth and the basic mission was to get for this to to get babes was how they described it what? what? to get babes oh dear 
Oh, okay. Oh, and and Watson is female, and they have cat a leggy blonde with a tail yes. jacket. And I haven't I haven't finished yet. Oh no. They weren't going to have a cat. They were going to have a character called Veronica. Her plus point was, was, what do they call it? Issue orientated, so that she would bring issues to it. And when they asked what? for a reply, we said, we said, uh, meek and die. <laughs> with a direct quote. <laughs> and there goes our non-explicit. Yeah. That's twice now. Oh, and neither of them gone. are from me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, issue related. So she was gonna be addicted to drugs, and she was gonna have like psychological problems. And <laughs> oh my! Well, luckily though, as we know, eventually uh, they got around to remaking the show over at Fox. But instead of it being the Red Dwarf, they reco- they named the ship the Serenity, <laughs> and they added a few cast members, and they changed Cat into a crazy girl with hallucinations, and it was the best show ever made. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Ever. Oh, oh sorry, Paul. Him, Paul still be gone. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, just so we know, Firefly oh. is the best show ever made, and <laughs> well, no, I say, I say, Twin Peaks is the best show ever made. Paul, what would Paul, what would you rather see? There we go. Hello, Paul. Hello again. Paul, what would you rather watch? All of Firefly or Space Cowboys? No, I was I was actually gonna, I was actually going to shoo in a um, a a thing f- for our great friends over the Black Lodge cast, a okay. weekly um, show about um, Twin Peaks, who played our Red recently. Awesome! Oh, yay! I would rather Thank watch you. a loop of all Firefly stuff than watch Red Dwarf again. <laughs> Just yeah. saying. You'd rather watch Firefly than Red Dwarf USA. Yes. Because you didn't watch Red Dwarf Because you didn't watch Red Dwarf USA, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did watch... Five minutes. Oh, five minutes of it. Out of curiosity, how much Firefly have you seen? One episode. Oh. So you need to, you need to give that a chance to breathe. No, I don't. I, I said I would watch one episode... <laughs> I have watched one episode, and it, yeah. That's like when we were trying cool. to get my dad on diet sodas. He like tried half yeah, a glass of diet well. coke, and he's like, "Okay, I hate it. I'm going back." Yeah. And then he got <laughs> diabetes. Can't so there, more of this story, Paul. Is if you don't like Firefly, you're going to get diabetes. Yes. <laughs> The more no. you know. <laughs> um, Firefly, better than insulin. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, it is time then to do some feedback. There is a lot of feedback. We're probably just going to have yeah. to summarize. I think it's actually one of the most our most popular uh, yeah. feedback no, threads. I think it's the most unpopular feedback thread. <laughs> 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 oh <Well>, yes, <laughs> one way of looking at it. Although some of it mm, is so back and forth see. talk. Yeah. 
Russ Greeno says, Leave my red dwarf alone, you crazy yank smiley face. Just kidding, Angela and Heath. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm with yeah. you on this one. We've, we've ported over some things successfully. This is not <laughs> one of them. Uh, this Paul guy says, I'd rather watch Firefly. And Sam um, says, Oh dear, and you, thought, and you guys thought backwards was bad. There are signs of promise, but the laughter track just sounds forced, and the guy playing Rimmer yep. just doesn't pull it off in the full-length pilot. Nope. There are some good one-liners in there, but other than that, yeah. it's not even yep. a patch on the original, especially the awful nope. theme tune that doesn't even compare <sighs> to the original. Let's just say everyone in, everyone involved is glad he didn't go to series. Indeed. Darren Forrester writes, Sucks, 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 sucks. They- I concur. <laughs> they only That's the re- right word, the- isn't it? I, yes, it is, yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah, yeah. checking. Indeed. Yeah, okay. The only really good gag. Quite, quite. My baseball cast must be worth worth a fortune. Did I mention it sucks? Well, <laughs> I agree about the baseball bit, but that's just me. We don't have to do quotes now because that's the only one worth saying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Michael Jacobs says, "Tried to watch it, couldn't get past the first." <laughs> well, he lasted longer than I did. <laughs> Uh, Ewan says, yeah, it's not great. I think Chris Baker did a decent job as Lister. Craig. Craig, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> but the guy playing Rimmel was awful. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I can't finish it now. I'm laughing too much. I'm sure you'll like... I'm sure you'll talk about the many problems they had with the script that made it suck. Uh, I do really like the Crichton reading, the fire exits sign for three million yeah. years show. Yeah, that's okay. The giant zero-G football stadium that's supposedly on board this rundown mining ship is unintentionally funny. I'd still be open to a U.S. reboot of Red Dwarf, but that ship has probably... No, you wouldn't. No. Uh, You know, Angela and I talked about this. We kept trying to think, how could it work? I mean, it would have to be... I, I don't know that it could work. Do you know what? If it did, it would need the backing of someone like, say... J.J. Abrams or um, Josh Sweden or (laughs) do you know I would even be open to someone like Kevin Williamson writing the stuff for it but you Um, know it it has worked and the show is called Futurama oh shush well that's a point actually (laughs) yeah but what get Damon Lindelof writing it I don't care Uh, Nick uh, this, yeah, Nick said, "Really, Darren? You thought that?" He 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 just yeah. Don't don't read the Christmas. Yeah, we're we're already gonna have to do stuff. We've already covered said, that really, anyway, Darren, Nick, You thought that Nick politely disagrees with 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 uh, Darren's opinion on the baseball card joke. <laughs> Sorry, Darren. Paul Hadsley says, I thought their Holly was okay. More deviant than our versions over here. Uh, Jane Leaves did a good job. Just one joke. Uh, I, yes, another post where I uh, big up the role of Holly. Is that right? Big up? Yeah. The role? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. When you big up someone, it means, mean? it means like you're praising them. Okay. Oh, to, to, to talk yeah. to Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sounds like something I do. <laughs> Continuing. Uh, additional, uh, how are you viewing this? Uh, uh, don't ask questions yeah. like that. Um, yeah. 
Additional, additional, Robert Llewellyn has funny story about filming the U.S. pilot with Smegot's video, basically, in the UK show. Uh, he risks banging his head on small sets, yet, because he's quite tall, yet in the U.S. they were vast and he could walk around at ease. The mask was a lot more comfortable. Uh, the craft services table went on for miles. Good job recording. Uh, paid $40,000. Banked that check. And he enjoyed it very much. <laughs> <laughs> additional, additional, additional. Chris Barry was also asked to reprieve his role, but turned it down because he feared being tied down to a lengthy U.S. contract should the series be picked up. Yeah. Additional, 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 additional. However many times additionally wants to put on. And now I'm mentally picturing Angela noticing that the only offered role to two white guys in the U.K. cast. Here we go. I was I was too pissed off about a trite, uh, over sexualized female cat to. <laughs> No, <laughs> um, let's see. What what was I going to comment on up there? Uh, oh yeah, the, he calls the the Jane Levy's Holly um, deviant. Okay, there was just the one joke there, which frankly I thought really worked. I thought it was more sarcastic instead of being dry wit. Yeah. It was sarcastic humor, which sort of fits American humor a bit better. But yeah, the the one. Um, electrical shock feeling really good as you put it however it was. Yeah, it is funny. Which they repeated. <laughs> in the same. Yeah, I think they realized that was a good joke because they, yeah. they included it again. I like Rose's comment, but we'll wait till we get to that. Okay, we gotta get through this. Oh, go ahead. Uh, okay, R- Russ uh, says, in seriousness, both pilots weren't too bad. I actually think uh, a Red Dwarf USA could have turned out watchable. Most pilots are bad and there's potential underneath, which makes a difference. If this had been commissioned for 14 episodes, I could really imagine they'd have used more of the original source material and been funny. It is very easy to spot the obvious differences and say it's crap, but most of the actors were good and many of the jokes uh, were from the original. Poor production quality stands out more than anything to me. Um, Sam says, as bad as it is, it's not as bad as the US version of the Inbetweeners, which we've already discussed. Yeah. Rosie Rosie says, I look forward to listening to the intro cast, but I refuse to watch the episode. Does that make me racist? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) And to be clear, uh, not watching something because it's American would make you bigoted, not racist. Ethnocentric. Ethnocentric. Yes. Uh, Nick says, "Are you doing both Red Dwarf yeah. pieces? Yes, we did. I really don't think it's as bad as it's made out to be. Craig Bierko's fine. Mm. The American Chachansky Kachansky is so unlikable, but the exit sign is gag is good, and I really like Terry Farrell's cats. Some what? man out? No, it's, I really like Terrell Farrell's cats. One man outburst. Yeah, and I thought you did gotcha. English. Oh." Uh. <laughs> Well, I do, and in English we put spaces in between words so that they're... Yeah, but... I'm not sure what language Nick is going through. Yeah, but there's an apostrophe there, so you use the S after the apostrophe, so... Yeah, okay, when you stop using spaces, I uh, completely devalue your use of quote, uh, uh, quotation marks. And okay, fair do I just assume that you randomly insert them, like some people do commas, just to... Okay. You know. uh, let's see. Uh, also, all caps. All caps sucks. Don't oh yeah, I yeah. do that sometimes, but only when I forget the caps locks on. I forget, and I and I apologize <laughs> right after. I've never you you you'll see you, like sometimes I'll type a message, and like what what is meant to be the cap 
capital letter is the little letter, and the rest of it is in caps, oh, and yeah. it's like, oh, Capsville. <laughs> uh, Nick says that Terry Farrell is the only redeeming feature, and, you know, we agree to disagree on that. I, I think it was an okay concept. Didn't really work for it was bad. Sam wanted to know um, if we're doing Dwarfing USA documentary as well, which I believe is... Haven't we done enough? Yeah. Yeah, Simon just wants to... Sam, Simon, whichever... Sam wants just to punish us. But, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to um, do... That. The documentary's worth watching. Yeah, the documentary is incredibly interesting, actually. It's uh, it's about 25 minutes long, and it does go into incredibly good detail. I'm actually thinking about posting it after this after this episode goes up. Is it the same poor quality no. as the episode? No. Okay, it's, it's the one uh, on the DVD. Okay. Now they ask here whether there are spoilers. So be there's very there's two very very short clips from later series, but it would I don't think it'd make any difference if you saw them. I would have to double check that. There's I would Thanks. I would just wait till after series seven then. Yeah, okay. They're they're like one or two seconds long, and they're just out of context. They wouldn't mean anything. So that is our feedback, and well, here uh, is an ad, and whatever ad that we put here, I assure is, you, one episode of this show that we are about to advertise is, is more entertaining than Red Dwarf Usa. USA pilots put together. Hey. Yes, Usa. <laughs> Indeed. Wake up. Go to work. Work. Come home. Eat dinner. Rot your brain out. Go to bed. Lather. Rinse. Repeat. Are you tired of an old humdrum life? Tired of things that just weigh you down and depress you? Wouldn't you rather just focus on things that are awesome? Tune into Nutty Bites. Find out what's awesome. Nutty Bites. Nimlas.org slash blog. And we're back. And it's... Well, it would be time for... Well, let's go ahead and do ratings. <laughs> and, um... See how that goes, Nick. Would you like to be the first? Uh, I writer? suppose so. Um, I'm I, I'm gonna give it nothing. <laughs> 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 as as a Red Wolf episode, it is god awful, and I don't think it deserves to receive any points whatsoever. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, well, that's zero out of ten whats. Uh, oh, oh, out of ten really bad theme tunes. <laughs> okay. Uh, if I Paul, oh, you're going straight oh, to me. Okay. Okay. Um, right. Well, you you, you sounded so. I do. I did right. So, I kind of get. I went along the theme of I will score this episode like Angela scored backwards. Um, so I've decided to give one point. For Jane Leave because I love her. Oh yeah. Um, one point for Crichton for having to do it. Um, Cashing that check. I took. I took a point away for Rimmer. <laughs> I took a point away for Christine Kachansky. <laughs> I took a point away from the horrible, horrible theme tune. Um, I took a point away for the terrible uh, laugh track. And I took a point away from for the female cat. So basically, it's minus two out of ten. Oh. <laughs> horrible, okay. horrible, horrible viewings that I will never get back. The five minutes I will never get back <laughs> of my life. 
so so so. <laughs> I would, if I was allowed, I would use an expletive. Sir, Shane. Uh, okay, I'm going to give it 1 out of 10. And the only reason why I'm going to give that 1 out of 10 is because it has Craig, uh, sorry, it has uh, Robert the Weather in it. It has uh, Jane Leaves in it. And it has Terry Fowler in it. And that's the only reason why. Hmm. And that is it. So that's 1 out of 10. Um, things... Thing. That's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Let's move on. He's Angela. Do you want to go next? Go ahead, love. Well, <laughs> I am. See, I'm thinking back to it, and you know, it wasn't completely abysmal. I swear, if you give this more points than back, <laughs> I'll never speak to you again. <laughs> Think of, think of it, Angela, as a Red Dwarf episode because I've seen it, and as a a US sitcom, it might not be terrible, but as a Red Dwarf episode, it is appalling. No, as a, as a US sitcom, it is a terrible. Ter- I've seen a lot of US sitcoms, even compared to regular other sitcoms, it's terrible. So, so Paul, what what rating do you think I'm going to give it? I don't care as long as it's not more than backwards. Well, it is actually on par with backwards. Oh, giving it leave three off. out of ten. It wasn't horrible. It had it had some potential. They just made really, really bad choices through it. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to give it um, three out of ten. Um, Horribly, horribly sexist female cat characterizations that don't make sense. <laughs> um, I, in some ways, I'm with Angela on this. It, I think there was some potential here. I think Jane leaves as Holly. But, yeah. worked. I think hit, hit in battle uh, as Cat could have worked. The Lister was okay, even though. Like they changed the character, and I think they would have had to have made a conscious decision to make a completely different character out of Lister, mm-hmm. which I, I think they were sort of trying to have it both ways, um, describing him one way and playing him another. So that didn't really work so much. Rimmer was awful. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't like their new interpretation of of Cat in the part two there. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going. To, I'll give it two. Uh, one and a half. One and a half out of ten um, sadly failed uh, potential uh, shows here because I, I think with some changes, maybe there's a possibility that this could have become a, a good watchable show, but it, it no. If they had made it more <laughs> it of a work. sci-fi show than a sitcom. Because I think Maybe. the American sitcom tradition was really hurting it. You know that's a point. Uh, the the whole show of Red Dwarf is is weird because it's a sci it's a comedy show with a sci fi setting. It relies a lot on on British humor and the sort of interplay between the the layabout and the the, the martinet. Um, 
and it's I think when you try to say what makes Red Dwarf work as a show and you try to identify that and then you try to move it over to a different culture it's really tough and I don't think they mm-hmm. did that I think I think they missed what works about Red Dwarf so yeah one and a half uh, missed opportunities to maybe have a decent show yeah so in total we've given this three and a half out of fifty <laughs> nice compared to the episode that we reviewed last week when we gave it 52 out of 50. Yeah. We're not good at math, <laughs> I think. Uh, let's see then. So if we say... Uh, let's see, you said 3.5 out yeah. of 50? So 3.5 divided by 5... We are rocking 0. 0.7 out of 10. <laughs> 0.7 out of 10. Awesome. Okay. Well, uh, we talked about quotes, but you know what? There's just not enough quotable material in this no. episode to bother. <laughs> um, and we, I think we've already made our predictions for next week yeah. and last yeah. week. We did, we did. Okay. So, with that, we will bid a fond farewell to Red Dwarf Usa, uh, which is not coming anytime ever to a universe. Or reality. Or reality near us. Thank goodness. (laughs) Maybe someday it could work. I don't know. But this this isn't... No. This isn't it. Thank you! (laughs) Uh, We're sorry! Shane? (laughs) We're sorry. Shane, uh, next time you get the idea to review anything that's not a regular Red Dwarf episode, um, we're going to uh, track you down. <laughs> mm-hmm. you. So, so, so let me put this: I put you through bottom, which wasn't my choose, uh, Ooh, out choice, of by the way. Yeah, that was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't my choice, by the way. You can put, you can blame the people in the red in the. Uh, well, you allowed the possibility. <laughs> yeah. It's linked to Red Dwarf being one actor in three minutes of screen time who was not even recognized. <laughs> so thanks for that. It's not my fault it got the bo- most votes, is it? I didn't. E- it's all your fault. <laughs> Always. <laughs> and right. I've put you through uh, this absolute garbage. Yeah. It, it's been educational, though. I'm, I'm actually glad we watched it. Um, so we can sort of see the history here of, of how this this works. Yes. Thank you Miserable. for joining us. Uh, Nick, thanks yeah, for Yeah, cheers for having me again, guys. F-bombs. I said cheers for having me again. Indeed, indeed. And uh, we will be back eventually with real Red Dwarf episodes. What? Uh, none of which could possibly be as bad as this group. Bye! Bye! Bye.